All right, Lone Star Gunners, welcome to the program. This is Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast of Lone Star Gun Rights. And I am your host, as always, Derek Wills. I am super excited to have y'all here. And uh, today we are going to talk about Switzerland and how we really shouldn't be using them as a model for uh, gun rights. And also we're going to talk about gun owners doing very stupid things that ultimately end up getting other people killed. Uh, But first, before we get into all that, you know we have to thank our sponsors And I am super pleased to announce our newest sponsor here at Lone Star Gun Talk, and that is The Bunker. The Bunker is a veteran-owned and operated small business in the state of Texas uh, in the Hill Country, specializing in products for those who long to thrive in the outdoors. Whether you're looking for unique, tactical gifts or you're preparing for a natural or man-made event, they have the products just for you. Go to thebunkertexas.com to check out their inventory of bug out bags, tactical packs, first aid kits, MREs, and much, much more. And be sure to enter the promo code LSGR at checkout to let them know that we sent you and you'll receive 10% off your order. Again, that is thebunkertexas.com, all spelled out. And enter promo code LSGR as in Lone Star Gun Rights, and you will receive 10% off of your order. Be sure to go check them out today, thebunkertexas.com. All right, so I want to talk about Switzerland. Whenever we engage in debates with people who hate gun rights, they will invariably bring up Australia as a model for gun confiscation and say, see, it's a good thing, and blah, 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 and ignore certain other aspects of their arguments. Um, And on the right, on the pro-gun side of this, we also do the same thing. Usually, the nation that we bring up is Switzerland. And we say, look, Switzerland has among the highest gun ownership rates per capita in the world, outside of the United States, and they also have one of the lowest violent crime rates in the world. And those two things are very true, but they don't tell the whole story. Because we don't know all of the laws in Switzerland regarding gun ownership, gun transfers, we don't, we don't necessarily have the, the full picture here. We're trying to argue that gun control is stupid and it doesn't work because it is and it doesn't. Gun control never works, ever. And yet, we, all, we also believe that a right is a right and not a privilege, and we should not be able or not be required to beg his majesty for a permission to exercise a natural right. Because of our belief that you shouldn't have to ask permission to exercise a natural right, we should not be bringing up Switzerland. And here's why. I was actually kind of blindsided by this headline, uh, just because there were so many aspects that just didn't seem to make sense. And then as I went into the the uh, news story itself, I understood crystal clear exactly what was happening. So as I'm going through and prepping for uh, today's show, I see a link from NBC News, not the most right-wing source ever. And the headline is, what the U.S. can learn from Switzerland's gun laws. Because of the fact that I have brought up Switzerland in the past in my own debates, a red flag was raised. 
just because of the fact that, well, let's face it, NBC News bringing up Switzerland's gun laws and what the U.S. can learn doesn't exactly bode well based on my past arguments. Now, there's actually nothing written here. It's a video, and it's about two minutes long, and I'm going to play for you the entire thing because I think it's important. So this is from NBC Nightly News, uh, dated uh, August 5th. Check this out. Each mass shooting in America echoes thousands of miles away in Switzerland. With a population of just over 8 million, this tiny nation has an outsized love for its guns. We believe in the right to uh, have your own rifle and, and be an armed free citizen. After the U.S., Switzerland has one of the highest rates of gun ownership in the world. One reason? A centuries-old tradition of armed neutrality and protection by its citizen militia army. All able-bodied men are required to serve. They're given a weapon, trained to use it, and can keep it after their service. They go to, to the military and they shoot with friends, with families. This is the tradition of Switzerland. A tradition that spans all age groups. There are hundreds of shooting ranges just like this one all across Switzerland. Guns are a regular part of Swiss life, but mass shootings are rare. There are plenty of rules. Because it's so highly regulated, it gives us the uh, freedom to bear arms, to uh, shoot our arms, but always under a highly regulated uh, regime. So I can't just walk in here and say, hey, I want to buy oh, that no. gun. <laughs> Absolutely impossible. Before buying any gun, you have to get a license from local authorities and undergo background checks that include screenings for violence, mental health and addiction issues. Aaron Zimmerman, a former police officer in Colorado who now lives in Zurich, says the Swiss model shows that guns and sensible gun control laws can go hand in hand. The relationship between the Swiss and guns is more, it's a matter of national security. Whereas in the United States, uh, it's more based on personal freedom. They have a firearm to protect their own personal liberties uh, because they don't trust the government in some cases. Yasmin Hoyos is too young to remember Switzerland's last mass shooting in 2001 and thinks the Swiss have a different relationship with their weapons. You usually don't get it just to, uh, to have it or to protect yourself because in Switzerland you're usually safe. Like the U.S., a country that values its guns but sees gun ownership in starkly different terms. Lucy Kafanov, NBC News, Zurich. So there was a lot there, obviously. But probably the biggest thing that stuck out is just how much gun control the, the nation of Switzerland actually has. Gun control doesn't mean that it actually inhibits gun ownership. Uh, it can, for sure. And there are nations where gun ownership is entirely prohibited, such as Australia. Uh, but keep in mind that outside of the wackos who call for the repeal of the Second Amendment... Most of the politicians and actual gun control advocates don't say that don't say that they want to repeal the Second Amendment or prohibit gun ownership. They just want sensible, common sense gun control measures. Well, that's still not going to deter the amount of gun gun ownership in the in the United States. We have the highest. There are over 120 guns per 100 people in this country meaning we have more guns than we have people. 
which is a great thing. And to be honest, if you were to remove the cities of Chicago, New York, and New Orleans uh, that have the highest cr uh, violent crime rates, our violent crime rate would substantially plummet yeah, just overall. But like, there are a lot of cultural differences. And keep in mind, and a lot of things that people say on the left of this issue is, well, we have this gun culture. That shouldn't be anything to be a uh, that shouldn't be anything to be embarrassed about. A gun culture means that we cherish our freedom. It's a, it's a culture of freedom more than anything else. And a firearm is just the means by which we protect that. You know, the, the cop that was in that story who is obviously pro-gun control said that we see firearms as an individual liberty because we don't trust the government. Well, that is absolutely true. I cannot argue with that in the slightest bit. I don't trust the government. And because the government has always been uh, known to become tyrannical in one shape or another, and our rights have been under attack for 84 years, at, at, well, at least, and then on the federal level, or I'm sorry, at the state level, even longer. I know I don't have to tell you this, but all gun control actually does is makes it harder for people like you and me to exercise our natural rights. That's all it does. Criminals don't go in, out and get permits to carry before going and engaging in illegal activity. They don't undergo background checks. They don't uh, go to a gun shop and fill out a 4473. They don't do anything that we are required to do. And the, the people on the left, they say, well... You know, we shouldn't make it easy for them. I'm sorry, but I would much rather it be easy, quote unquote, because it is easy. It is easy for somebody with malicious intent who has a felony conviction to go out and buy a gun. It is incredibly easy for them to go out and buy a backdoor, uh, a back alley Glock 17. Okay. I would much rather it be, quote unquote, easier for them than harder for me. Because ultimately, my life and your life are the ones that we need to protect. And if we have to undergo waiting periods or red flag laws or, oh my God, he might have said something on his Twitter so the government needs to shut his, his rights down. And then, of course, there's the people who say, well, that guy over there, he committed a violent crime 25 years ago, and he's been deemed safe to come back out and, and live among us in society. But because of that sin that he committed 25 years ago, we're going to deny him his right of self-defense, doesn't matter what his motives are. There, are. there is so much wrong with the mentality of gun control advocates that they do not think. I posted... I have been asking, I have been literally going around on Twitter asking gun control advocates, if you are so worried about bad guys getting guns, why don't you arm yourself? Go out to your local gun shop, because I know that you can pass all of the current infringements that we have, just like I can. Go out to the gun shop, buy yourself a gun, go to your local gun range, Get some training, because I'm pretty sure you don't have any friends that are pro-gun that are willing to teach you for free. Get some training, and then carry it. If you're so afraid of bad guys getting guns, why is it so much to ask for you to take your own personal security 
uh, take responsibility for your own personal security. Because if it were me, I would much rather end something in seconds as opposed to waiting 7 to 12 minutes for law enforcement to arrive. That's why I carry. I don't I now the thing is I don't have a perpetual fear of a bad thing happening to me. I just am prepared just in case. Violent crime as I've said many times on this program is in fact a rarity. Even in the United States, even with Chicago and LA and New Orleans and New York City, even with all of the, all of our stats combined, Violent crime is a rarity because, by and large, the vast majority of people do not need laws telling them that rape, murder, and stealing are bad. We're not going to do it. The reason we have laws like that is to punish people who do because the one of the handful of responsibilities that government has is to protect individual liberty and delve out justice to those who infringe upon it. Okay, that's one of the very few responsibilities government actually has. But instead, we have allowed the government to take this proactive minority report style approach to all crime and say that in order to prevent people from doing what they will do, in order to prevent bad people from potentially committing a felony, we're going to make this other act that might have something to do with it later on uh, we're going to make that act illegal as well. A point in case, in Texas, it is illegal to drink while carrying a firearm. Now, I personally do not drink while I carry because well, I don't need a law to tell me that that's a bad idea. However, I also am pretty, uh, pretty convinced, given my uh, history of drinking, that it is entirely possible to have one or two drinks and not be impaired. And while you're not impaired, you can still make rational judgments and you still have the right to defend yourself. And even still, even if you are intoxicated, you still have the right to defend yourself assuming that you had a legitimate threat. Now, we've never really actually prosecuted this law because most people aren't stupid, but it's a felony for me to even carry my gun into a bar. It is a felony to do so here in the state of Texas. I can't even go there to sip on a club soda and enjoy the crappy wings that they have to serve me because it is a felony for me to do so. The, the, the bar owner doesn't have a say in it. If a cop sees me, he places me under arrest. No charges are pressed by the, by, the, by the property owner. The cop takes it upon himself to place me under arrest, disarms me, and then I am, pro, uh, I am charged with a felony and can never own a gun again until 10 years after my, uh, after my uh, sentence is completed. Why? Because we want to protect people in case somebody's goose carrying. They might, they might get drunk and they might shoot somebody. They, they might just shoot somebody at it because people get eat up with the, with the drinking. And then they get angry. And when they get angry, they're just going to shoot people. Well, you know what? You know what else happens? 
and this actually happens far more common than anything else, is there could be a nice young woman out with her friends at a bar and they actually intend on getting drunk and then some guy might want to try and take advantage of her. And if she's intoxicated, let alone, let's take the alcohol out of it. The firearm is the great equalizer. It allows a 90-pound woman to have a fighting chance against an attacker who is a six foot eight inches tall male who weighs 400 pounds. Her ability to bear arms gives her life in a situation like that where she would otherwise be raped, tortured, and or killed. But yet, well, if she's drinking, then she doesn't have the right to defend herself. B.S. You know what? I think that in a... that whenever you are intoxicated and you are faced with a legitimate threat, it might be rather sobering. Now, this is not to me, not, this is not me condoning people going out while carrying and getting drunk, but we should have the freedom to do so. I would never go out and get, I, I don't, I don't drink hardly ever anymore because I like to stay sharp. That said, People still have the right to defend themselves and should not face prosecution for defending themselves just because they happen to be drunk. Now, if it, if it shows that she was uh, she was misunderstanding the situation because she was drunk and she killed somebody who wasn't actually a threat, then by all means, prosecute her. You're still responsible for your actions regardless. But the way the law currently is, it doesn't matter if she's justified or not. The fact that she's intoxicated in possession of a firearm means that she will be uh, charged with the Class B misdemeanor. And if it happened while she was in a bar, holy crap, then she is facing a felony. Why? Because the government says, we ought not be drinking with the, with the guns. I mean, it might, bad people might be, or good people will turn into bad heathens. And all because of that alcohol, they got somebody killed. Gun laws are stupid. End of story. And to kind of hammer this point home, uh, I ha this has kind of been an impromptu uh, thing. We had one of our Lone Star Gunners email us, uh, message us on Facebook about a story that he's going through at the moment. He was, uh, he was the victim of a bad guy with a gun who... Uh, Shouldn't have had it in the first place because gun control doesn't actually work. So, uh, Josh, welcome to Lone Star Gun Talk. Uh, first of all, why are you in New York? Oh, I'm attending uh, graduate school at the New York Academy of Art. I'm getting my Master's of Fine Arts. Okay, so you live in New York City, correct? Correct. All right, so you live in the place that has some of the strictest gun laws in the United States. Yes, I've even been trying to put in an application to get a license, and I'm having trouble even getting that through or even for them to accept it. Of course, because, uh, you know, why would anybody need a gun, right? I mean, you're... I know, right? Only bad guys have guns, even though it's illegal for them to have guns. But uh, So you, are, you were the victim of a very, very unfortunate circumstance, and... You know, I wanted to bring you on because nobody ever hears this side of the story. 
And so I'm just going to let you talk, man. Just go ahead and tell what happened to you and, um, you know, just, just tell your story however it happened, okay? Okay, so basically I ended up uh, finding this joint ad and uh, this place, uh, the guy was, uh, I was currently living in another place, but I wanted a larger room. Um, found this guy, he was like, hey, if you want, just give me the 900 for deposit so I can take the ad down. I was like, fine, you give uh, one month's notice anyway since my lease is up. And then um, uh, he was like, okay. I gave him the, I gave my landlord uh, one month's notice. I moved out, moved in. And then in his mind, uh, basically, uh, I ended up paying up front until from January to August. But in his mind, since I gave him the deposit in December, like just to secure the room, he thinks I paid for December 1. It clearly states, and uh, I have text messages and everything that I moved in in January. Uh, so fast forwarding, um, well, he's uh, lately, he's been, he hasn't been. When I found out he can't even be renting those places because it's illegal. And, uh, and why is it illegal for him to rent in those places? Because uh, because it's the uh, low-income housing. And uh, so uh, he's not allowed to rent them, and he has to be on the lease, and I'm not on the lease. So when I even reported this incident to police, that they said, oh, he can't even rent those places. He's not even allowed, not even allowed to do that. Because and, he he's a felon, correct? Well, no, no, it's not that he's a felon. It's just that it's uh, it's a state housing. He can't oh. rent them. So uh, uh, technically, I'm not even supposed to be there. Right. Uh, uh, so and then he's threatened, you know, to put a lock on the bathroom and the kitchen and say, oh, you, you want to use it too bad. Like he's been getting aggressive. Then lately this past like uh, two days ago, um, he uh, he got. Uh, all upset, saying that like uh, I owe him for this month, and then we got uh, our dispute because I was like, no, I have paperwork that says this month, and then he blew his top off. He threatened to uh, the to pretty much like beat me with an inch of my life, make me a vegetable, throw me out the window, and then he says he has a gun. He's like, I will use it on you unless you give my money. I told him use the deposit for now, so the housing can get off your back. He's like, I don't have it. So basically, prodded me out of my month of August 900, and basically ran me out. And then he doesn't have my deposit to begin with. He told me, and he bragged about it, saying he was proud of it that he killed his stepfather when he was younger, and he was proud of it. He said he's like, and I'll kill you too. And then, you know, I got all racial saying he hates uh, Mexicans, Hispanics, niggas, and all these other races. Like he was just, and he got like so close to my face that. Um, like really close, like, uh, any closer, like, like less than an inch. Like he was really like aggressive and yelling and being very hostile. And he has a criminal record. This guy got a gun. I'm in New York city. Like I said, this is one of the strictest gun States and this lunatic managed to get one. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure that he didn't go to the local gun shop in New York city oh, to no. get one. And I'm sure that no. he didn't go to the chief of police to get uh, authorization to purchase. No. Um, he told me a story, like, I'm pretty sure this is how he got it, but he saw, like, oh, I sold it. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's, uh, that's the gun he has from what I was talking about. 
because uh, uh, we were talking, we somehow we were talking about firearms, like uh, with uh, another individual outside. And he was saying, oh, there was a time when I saw uh, there was something going down. This guy threw the gun under the car or threw something under the car. He went to see what was under the car. There was a gun. He got it. He put it in his pocket, then went. And he's like, oh, I sold that gun for like $900. But I think that's the gun that he has. Uh, I don't think he sold it. Yeah. So uh, he obviously didn't get it. He didn't go through any background check, any store. Uh, there's uh, obviously the underground or black market that you can easily uh, people who can't get them legally can easily go through and get them. Like I could probably go through find someone like that and get one, but I'm a law abiding citizen. I'd rather just have paperwork and say it's mine in case something happens to it. God forbid. Right, right, and you know, um, I I know you said that you're originally from Texas and you're up there getting your masters, um, but uh, you know, I hope that. Uh, I, I hope that everything works out. I hope that uh, you can find a place to, to live. Uh, I hope that you can stay safe. I hope eventually the chief of police will give you uh, permission from his majesty to uh, own a firearm for personal protection while you're up there. Um, do you have plans to, to move back after you're done with school up there? Uh, it, it depends. I'm looking into getting uh, this, uh, going into like a, uh, UX UI design. Uh, so there's another program like Associates. I might just get that because right now it's a booming industry. But I do want to go back to Texas eventually when I'm done studying and build up a career. Right on, man. Well, please keep me informed of everything that's uh, going on. Make sure you know. I want to make sure that you're staying safe as you can. And uh, if you guys need, if you need anything from us, you know, be sure to let us know. Okay. Yeah, no problem. The school, my school was able to give me an emergency loan, so I will have the funds to be able to get an apartment. So right now it's just finding the apartment. Uh, but right now, for the time being, uh, as I told you on Facebook, I'm going from hostel to Airbnb uh, one night room rents to mm. pretty much have a bed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry I'm that you're... I'm kind of afraid to report this guy too, like to housing, because I know I can reporting to housing will probably get kicked out of the apartment but i don't want to have a target on my back either so right like yeah yeah but no all I, I have is a police report and a case number that's it well i mean that's typically how things like this go especially in gun controlled new york um and i'm sorry that you have to be the 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 victim of you know such awfulness uh but you know it I wish that more stories like this would come out to where people could sh see that even in gun-controlled New York, bad guys are still getting guns and gun control is completely useless. All it does is make it harder for people like you, who is a law-abiding citizen, to protect yourself. I mean, you still don't have permission from His Majesty in the, in the state of New York to purchase. No. And that that is a travesty in and of itself. Yeah, it is. Because I had never felt so vulnerable. Because even though I don't personally own one, uh, like even back in Texas, I have plenty of friends who are law enforcement or just collectors. And I've always been able just to go to fire range with them and, or, or, and be able to use them. Or I'm always around with them, so I always felt safe. And, and being as a student, I was never able to afford one because tuition's so high and cost of books are so high. But now since I'm in a better place and I can... I have the money that the funds to get one. I can't get one because you know they don't. They only allow certain people to get them, or they have like a line 
or something like that. Yeah. Well, again, man, I'm sorry to hear that, that you're going through this. It's it's a travesty and it's uh, it's awful. And I, I hope that everything ends up working out. Uh, again, keep me keep me informed of, of how things are going. And uh, if you need anything, be sure to let me know, okay? Sure, no problem. Thanks for your time and having me on your podcast. Anytime, my friend. So, in case you didn't know before five, ten minutes ago uh, that gun control didn't work, now you do. Gun control does not work. Even in the strictest you know, cities and states in this country, gun control does not work. We have a victim up there who is still trying to be able to, to get permission to exercise his natural right to bear arms and, and defend himself should he need to. But nope, does not, um, does not compute up there in New York. It also does not, uh, it doesn't compute with the gun controllers either. They think that nobody needs a gun. They don't see how, oh, well, yeah, I, mean, I guess having a handgun for self-defense, but you don't need a X, Y, or Z gun, that type of gun. That's military guns. Anyway, uh, so one other thing that I wanted to cover has to do with uh, gun owners who are doing awful things as well. Now, this is, this is by no means the, uh, the, the standard but I did come across this interesting article that, uh, you know, and it stems from a story that, I, that I've been looking into and I was going uh, to cover actually today, but the headline stuck out to me. And then uh, it turns out they were kind of covering what I was talk, go, planning on talking about anyway. So the headline from the Dallas News is, Cowards Weaken Sensible Gun Rights. And it says, By now, you've grown sadly accustomed to watching horrific videos. We've seen a police officer shoot a man named Daryl Shaver while he was crying and crawling on his hands and knees. We watched a police officer gun down Philando Castile in front of his girlfriend and her younger child as he tried to follow the officer's confusing instructions. And this week brought us video of a civilian named Michael Dredschka shooting and killing Marquise McLaughlin after McLaughlin merely shoved him to the ground. Now, this is the story. This last one was the story that I've been looking into. So apparently what happened was uh, Michael Dredgka was berating a woman in the parking lot for parking in a handicapped spot. She was still in her car, but she had pulled into a handicapped spot and this person noticed that they did not have a handicap placard or license plate, and he was yelling at her for whatever reason. And then her boyfriend, who is Marquise McLaughlin, who was the fatally shot and killed, comes out of the store, and the first thing that he sees is some guy yelling at his girlfriend. And so he goes up there and pushes the guy to the ground. This happened in Florida. And after, uh, after McLaughlin pushed Dredgka to the ground, Dredgka pulled out his gun and shot him. Now, the video, there is surveillance video, and I'm going to post this on, I've posted this on our, our Facebook page. The video is quite disturbing. 
because after he's shoved to the ground, McLaughlin doesn't engage in him in any way. He he doesn't pursue perceive himself. He he doesn't, from what I can tell, he doesn't show himself being a threat anymore. And when Dredjka pulls out his gun, you can see him start to walk away, and then Dredjka shoots him. And this is not okay. Especially because he was ultimately killed, and the law enforcement did not press him any, press any charges, citing a misunderstanding, a clear misunderstanding of the Castle Doctrine in Florida. Um, I hope that you do go and check out the video because it is disturbing, and this is not, and should not be um, celebrated. No time should using our firearms be celebrated. Because, I mean, it's one thing to brandish your firearm and defuse a situation without having to squeeze the trigger. But if you do have to squeeze the trigger, you just took somebody's life. Now, obviously, we all would much rather choose our lives over the, some, over the lives of somebody else who is a threat to us, myself included. But still, somebody's life was taken, and you, that should not be a reason to celebrate if anything, you should just say, thank God that I had my gun and was able to save my life. But, uh, you know, you'd still feel bad for the fact that you took somebody else's life, regardless of the circumstances. That said, in cases like this, it is not clear as to why this man is not facing murder charges or even um, uh, manslaughter charges. To me, it's looking at just the video... I. I wish that y'all could see it because there's no audio to it. Um, but I, again, I would post it on our Facebook page. And so go and check it out because it definitely is, is disturbing. It does not look in any way like he was a threat after the fact that he pushed him. And there was a pretty decent amount of time, a few seconds for the time he was pushed to the ground and then pulled out his gun and shot him. So this is not how we should be perceiving ourselves. We should not automatically go to uh, shoot first, ask questions later. You know, we should understand what a threat looks like and what a non-threat looks like. Just because we're pushed to the ground does not mean that that person is a threat to us, especially when you're the one berating a woman in a car. Uh, and, you know, th this whole thing is a tragedy, and uh, it saddens me that, Dredjka is not facing any charges because he should. Absolutely, he should. And this man should be condemned by every gun owner in the United States and every gun owner across the world, for that matter, because he did not use self-defense properly. And that's not even what the Florida Castle Doctrine allows for. So it really is a miscarriage of justice all the way around. Um, and, uh, you know, my heart goes out to uh, the McLaughlin family and because that type of loss was entirely preventable, especially because the only thing he sees is some dude berating his girlfriend, and he ran to protect her. And uh, it's an awful story. And um, incidents like this, we need to call them out whenever they happen. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm calling that out as a miscarriage of justice. I think that Michael Dredjka should be behind bars. I think he should face murder charges at the at the very least. I do not 
um, believe that manslaughter charges are warranted, I think that this is a straight-up murder because he had such an itchy trigger finger, he did not even stop to perceive if it was still a threat. And that's not to say that you should hesitate, but it was pretty obvious that he was no longer a threat. All he did was push him to the ground. All right, so today I don't have a reading from Founding Father, but I do have a reading from somebody who was of deep influence to all of our Founding Fathers, and that is John Locke. John Locke is the person who uh, epitomized what natural rights were, life, liberty, and property, the pursuit of happiness. All of these were sentiments of John Locke before America was ever... um, really founded as its own country. They they were still colonies in the time of Locke. Anyway, this is from his second treatise of government, and it is uh, entitled The State of War. And uh, I think it it has some very interesting perspectives in it, and uh, this one's going to be a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to, uh, I I think it's very important, and I, I hope that you enjoy it. The state of war is a state of enmity and destruction, and therefore declaring by word or action, not a passionate and hasty, but a sedate, settled design upon another man's life, puts him in a state of war with him against whom he has declared such intention, and so has exposed his life to the other's power to be taken away by him, or anyone that joins with him in his defense and espouses his quarrel. It being reasonable and just, I should have a right to destroy that which threatens me with destruction. For by the fundamental law of nature, man being to be preserved as much as possible, when all cannot be preserved, the safety of the innocent is to be preferred. And one may destroy a man who, t- who makes war upon him, or has discovered an enmity to his being, for the same reason that he may kill a wolf or a lion because such men are not under the ties of the common law of reason, have no other rule but that of force and violence, and so may be treated as beasts of prey, those dangerous and noxious creatures that will be sure to destroy him whenever he falls into their power. And hence it is that he who attempts to get another man into his absolute power does thereby put himself into a state of war with him, it being to be understood as a declaration of a design upon his life. For I have reason to conclude that he who would get me into his power without my consent would use me as he pleased when he got me there and destroy me too when he, when he had a fancy to it. For no body can desire to have me in his absolute power unless it be to compel me by force to that which is against the right of my freedom i.e. make me a slave. To be free from such force is the only security of my preservation, and reason bids me look on him as an enemy to my preservation, who would, look, who would take away that freedom which is the fence to it, so that he who makes an attempt to enslave me thereby puts himself into a state of war with me. He that in a state of, in a state of nature would take away the freedom that belongs to anyone in that state, must necessarily be supposed to have a design to take away everything else, that freedom being the foundation of all the rest, as he that in that state of society 
would take away the freedom belonging to those of that society or commonwealth must be supposed to design to take away from everything else and so be looked on as in a state of war. This makes it lawful for a man to kill a thief who has not in the least hurt him, nor declared any design upon his life any farther than by the use of force, so that so to get him in his power, as to take away his money or what he pleases from him. Because using force where he has no right to get me into his power, let his pre- pre- pretense be what it will. I have no reason to suppose that he who would take away my liberty would not, when he had me in his power, take away everything else. And therefore, it is lawful for me to treat him as one who has put himself in a state of war with me, i.e., kill him if I can. For to that hazard does he justly expose himself, whoever introduces a state of war and is aggressor in it. I love John Locke. He is uh, he's my spirit animal. And, you know, I really wish that colleges, universities, and even high schools would have John Locke to be studied and appreciated because he's not. Yet the likes of Karl Marx is. And um, we wonder why the United States is, is in such a state of turmoil. Anyway, that's going to do it for me this week, Lone Star Gunners. If you have a question that you would like answered on the program or you would like to come on yourself, please reach out to me on Facebook or you can email me at Derek at LoneStarGR.com or reach out to me on Twitter as well. And uh, until next Monday, Lone Star Gunners, arm yourself with knowledge and share the ammo. Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production, hosted and edited by Derek Wills. Copyright, Lone Star Gun Rights 2018.